Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Gerald Borgay, and Espo. Gentlemen, how you doing on this fine Thursday afternoon? Can I share something with you guys? Sure. This so, is a safe space. So I had told you that when, if the U.S. and Australia play, mm-hmm. I'm rooting for Australia, right? Right. Mm. So I thought, you know what? I need to make this official. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go online. I'm gonna get Boomer's jersey. I'm gonna get a Jock Landell jersey, right? So I order it. I'm super excited. I overpay for it. Let me just make that very clear. Mm. Uh, and it gets shipped. And I'm yesterday. I go home. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna rock this on the show tomorrow, right? And this is what showed up at my front door. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! <laughs> I don't think this is going to fit. Uh, first of all, since you since you that is so that's, funny. Honestly, you should wear that. <laughs> you should squeeze into that because you tried to sell out your country. Can I tell you a story too? I had the exact same thing happen to me. There you go. The exact same thing. Put your thing. arms in. Best Put your arms in. I can't. We're going to hang this on the set, I think. That's oh so funny. God, they got you a children's medium. No, no, no. It's an extra. It's a four extra small. I don't know how. From where the Shire? I have no clue. Four <laughs> extra small. Like I, I try to support our boy, and I can't even do that. That's I, brutal. I am disappointed, a Phoenix. I am. Also, why didn't you just ask Jock? Jock's hooking me up already. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. We got other things brewing yeah. apparently okay. over there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had the exact same thing happen when I was at the Suns. We were going to play a prank on Tom Chambers. So we ordered a Gugliotta jersey. Mm. And we were going to obviously the front, same thing. And then the back, they're like, just kidding, not you. Mm. And when it came in, it was the exact same thing. We ordered an extra large, so it was nice and oversized. So I could put it over whatever outfit I was actually wearing. And it was like a kid's small. <laughs> and I was like, really? How? <laughs> like, it's so crazy how online sometimes you order something and it says it's one size. And then you get it and you're like, well... Well, at most places, Joke's on me. most places you can return it, but this is literally half a world away. I'm not, I can't return this. So uh-huh. now it's going to be a funny item in our set. So you got your jock top. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Gerald, Lord have go. mercy. All right, guys. So I know you've probably seen this all over Chris Paul's social media, but he did write a book and it is coming out on June 20th. It's called 61 Life Lessons from Papa on and off the court. It is available for pre-order now. 
we all got early uh-huh. release copies of it and there were a lot of really interesting stories within it um i know i didn't finish it mm-hmm. but what did you guys <laughs> listen i like audiobooks but from what i have read it's mm-hmm. really good and so far i'm really enjoying it what has stood out stood out to you guys so far in your journey with this book just his attention to detail and how many different stories he has to tell within it. Obviously, there's the main one about his grandfather, the lessons he learned and um, the trauma that he went through in, in terms of his grandfather's death. Um, but there's just so many disparate stories that are that he weaves through each other. Um, and, and he's always been, you know, if you know his basketball mind, he's always had that attention to detail. And it really kind of shines through in in going back and talking about his upbringing, his family, where he's from, his basketball jersey, like all of it. It's it's a lot um, that he packs into the 300 and some pages. There's yeah. a lot of emotion that's in mm-hmm. that book, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes sense. Um, but I do like how, you know, he tries to weave every lesson that he did learn throughout the course of his career, um, even all the way up until this point. And it's, it's, it's a good read. It's a good read. I loved how you kind of got the understanding of why he works so mm-hmm. so damn hard uh, when you read through this book uh, and you understand his grandfather's work ethic at his Chevron station uh, and before that owning the building but not owning the land that his service station was on so he left and bought bought his own you can you can tell what those things mean to Chris and how it projects into the way he approaches work the way he approaches life and and i thought that was a unique insight because a lot of people will say oh chris can be you know not to mince words a real dick to, as a as a teammate we've always heard that but then when you see this you go no he's just motivated to put in the effort all the time because he saw his grandfather take that same approach to his life as well uh, and i think i got a newfound respect for the way chris approaches things through this yeah, the, the work ethic definitely stands out and the, and the approach to community as well, because mm. he talks a lot about some of the, the way that his grandfather was a pillar in the community. He yeah. was always a helping hand that anyone could rely on in the church, in the community, in just Winston-Salem. And um, you can see that reflected in a lot of the things that Chris does now, his AAU team, his foundation, the way he's been able to give back to that community and to the other communities that he's built throughout his time in the NBA. So it's it definitely gives you a renewed respect for the person that Chris Paul is because we know he's one of the most competitive people on the planet, yeah. uh, not just basketball, but anything. But um, to see those values reflected in his upbringing and how he's been able to do more with what he's been given now uh, makes it even more impressive. Yeah. I wonder, I feel like I saw this on his social media, but I'm not for certain. But I wonder if he's going to do an audio book of this where he actually narrates it, the own book. I feel like yeah. he said no, that he, on he, his social, he was, right? He actually was doing it. On, if you looked at his LinkedIn, he's yeah. he's okay. going through the recording yeah, process. See, that I think is what is going to be even more like, I don't know, it's just going to hit a little bit different because mm. you're hearing it from him. It's, and it might give you a little bit more emotion into some of these it's, stories. It's a little weird, uh, to be frank with you. Not that it's a bad thing at all, but... It's kind of weird because I was I was trying to put myself in that situation. Like if I was reading what I wrote about me, that's it's like when you first listen to it, you're like, okay, that's a little different, mm-hmm. but it is good, and and I think it's definitely worth the listen. As a consumer of audiobooks, when I listen to books that were 
narrated and written by the same person, I feel like it's just it's so much more impactful. Mm. Well, yeah, you're you're gonna get the emotion about his grandfather. Yeah, That's yeah. I I don't know. So I'm actually I, like I know we have the book, but I'm really looking forward to the audiobook version of it because Chris Paul is going to be voicing I'll sit down and read it for you out loud if you like. <laughs> I, the, the only people that could have been better than him narrating it are probably Morgan Freeman or Doc Rivers. I was just a little boy in <laughs> North Carolina. Next. Do the next one. Mm, me love grandpa. Not <laughs> that. Nope. That is not what Gerald said. Ed, so. oh I don't know what you were listening to or what you wanted to hear. But that was not it. Now I kind of want to hear a Doc Rivers audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> it could be interesting, that's for sure. Um, also, as a part of this endeavor, Michael Wilbon joined Chris Paul as the editor of this book and kind of helped him put everything together. He joins the show coming up next. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you do and use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. And of course, make sure you check out our friends over at Circle K. I stopped in yesterday after the show to fill up on gas mm -hmm. and I was met with the most delightful voice on my gas station TV. Your own yourself? Leah. Oh, okay. Leah. We got a new, I don't think Leah I got was on Lea, before. I got I Leah, Leah yesterday Leah on the gas Derek station Hammond's TV yeah. and I was like, oh, Leah. It made me, it literally changed my day. Instantly, mood picked up. I'm pissed funny. off. I don't think they used mine. I don't I think they've used anybody else. I'm a, I'm a have I've to only have seen a, three people. I have to have a talk with our overlords at Circle K. <laughs> I actually filled up this morning when I was driving to the office and I got Lindsay's voice. Hey. And, and my first thought was like, oh, this is awesome. Then my second voice was like, it's only 10 a.m. and Lindsay's already telling me what to do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Did she ask you what the tweet should be at the end? <laughs> and he started rubbing his eyes and he goes, oh, it's, I'm, it's too early for this shit. You're welcome, Gerald. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome for making your life easier. Oh, my God. Circle K has all the best offerings, so make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff they have. Right now, if you text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club, you're going to get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to CircleK.com slash door dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcoming in our special guest, Michael Wilbon, co-host of PTI, ESPN NBA analyst and columnist and editor of Chris Paul's book, 61 Life Lessons from Papa on and off the court. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm in Arizona as well. Happy to be here in the sun after too many rainy days in Denver and Miami, so I'm happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. Get away from that that weather and into the gorgeous sunshine of Arizona. So absolutely. the book, 61. I want to know, like, how did this all kind of come together with Chris Paul approaching you to really help him bring this book to life? Well, um, it's a good story. I guess sometimes you start at the beginning, right? I've, I've known Chris. Chris and I have known each other for forever, since he was um, a senior in high school. 
the summer before his freshman year at Wake. Mm. Um, he played in a game, probably Michael Jordan's classic in greater Washington, D.C. And we met then. I don't even want to think about how many years ago that's been, but I guess it's been 20. Um, and so obviously in his time in the NBA, and I've been covering the NBA first for the Washington Post and then for ESPN, uh, Chris has been one of my favorite people, not just players, people. Um, and part of that, part of it, maybe a small part, I mean, a lot of it revolves around basketball, but some of it revolves around his uh, engagement and his ability to tell a good story, which you know a journalist is going to love. Chris has always been good at that. And so we, you know, we see each other at games and tournaments first and games and events around the NBA and basketball and that sort of thing and kept in touch and and uh, have a lot of uh, respect and even affection for each other. And so he had been talking about this for a while. And I obviously, I, I, I've known the story. Um, I know Chris's story, but you don't know anything in great detail until you sit down and talk about it. But he said to me a few years ago, he's going to write a book. He wanted to do this and he wanted my advice on it, some counsel at first. And that's just how it started. And he said, look, you know, you, you need to be involved in this on a bigger level than that. And I'm like, no, because you don't need anybody. <laughs> because Chris is a great storyteller. There's some, look, I, I've only edited two people with books. Charles Barkley. All right. And, Chris <laughs> and one thing I know is they're great storytellers. They're as good a storytellers as I am. That's just who they are. And so did they need some help with structure and shape or maybe a little bit of direction? Okay. And that's where I think I come in. But those guys are spectacular storytellers in terms of detail, in terms of narrative, in terms of having an understanding of audience. And I think when you perform for a living like they do, that's part of it. But then they're just, I mean, some of it's born and some of it's developed. And, and, and my end of it was sort of like being a coach to get to get it out of him and that's so that's that's where it started and and i'm honored that he asked so Whoop. so you'll only edit books for top 20 all-time nba players is that oh uh, yeah that i like that <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's got an offer out there no because i i know you know look charles um is one of my best friends and um you know it it, it Yes, that happened during the process of two books. Mm -hmm. um, and Chris and I probably, you know, know, knew each other as well at the start of that process as Charles and I did at the start of our process. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm honored that, that, that it turned out that way. Um, yeah, those guys are pretty damn good. And I'm pretty lucky that they have. <laughs> you know, you talked about the process and, 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 and what you've learned maybe during this process, what was the biggest revelation you had uh, not only during, during the, this editing process, but also um, about Chris Paul's drive uh, during this? That his curiosity is, goes far beyond basketball. And I root for Chris, you know, I, you know, people, you're a journalist, you're supposed to, I, well, first of all, I'm not a journalist anymore, probably, but <laughs> you know, I have been one and you're supposed to be detached, right. And not have favorites. That's, BS. I have favorites and he's one of them. And I root for him to, when he get, when, you know, we were, we were talking about this. We were actually having a zoom call when the whole trade to the Suns was going down mm. and um, I'm biased. I wanted, I, I still want it to, if there's chance to happen here, 
I want that to happen for him as a basketball professional. You know, the revelation to answer your question was about his curiosity about all things. Like we would have Zoom calls because this started during our conversations of, hey, do we want to do this? Started during COVID, the height of it. And so even though we were like, he's in Paradise Valley and I'm in North Scottsdale, you know, we, the NBA was certainly observing, you know, protocol. And so we had these Zoom calls, even though we're 15 minute drive from each other. But his curiosity about a lot of things. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have been surprised by that or impressed by that. It's not like there aren't a lot of professional athletes who have that. But Chris's is like, I mean, it's, I don't want to say extreme because I don't want to make him sound like some, you know, strange dude. <laughs> it's just his curiosity uh, about a lot of things is deep, runs deep. And his curiosity about his own life and storytelling and what he could get out of this and how he could motivate people and how he could be motivated. And as you tie all that into a league trying to stay on its feet, which has nothing to do with 61, by the way, it was just all going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. His ability to juggle. And Chris has notebooks. I'm probably never supposed to tell this. He has like notebooks everywhere. And so we were talking about something. He goes, wait a minute. And he turns and swivels around in the chain, pulls out a notebook. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he has... <laughs> He has notebooks. He keeps notes meticulously sometimes. Um, and I just said, you know, this exercise is the first of many in something else you're going to do. I get it. You want to win. I get it. I want you to. But this this leads somewhere else. I don't know where it leads. I'm, I'm not that great in seeing around corners, but I, I don't know where it leads. But it, Chris's, Chris's life is just starting his full life. His basketball life. I'm not saying that's coming to an end. He, he might coach. He might be in media. I don't know what that holds. But if he wants to, there's so much more than that. I would call him the commissioner sometimes because I think he could be that. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's the curiosity. I know that, you know, you might be looking for an answer that might have to do with 61. But in that exploration, I could see all of that that makes him up. Yeah. And, and it sort of drives him and, and, and makes up who he is. Mike, to your point about his curiosity, there are so many characters and stories that he has to tell in the course of this book. So as the editor, I'm always curious about the writing process. How were you able to take what he was giving and, and mold it or shape it, give it structure? Because there's there's just so many interesting and informative pieces of information about his life that are in there. There are. There are. There are things like you know, very basketball nerdy stuff like recruitment and going to Carolina, uh, uh, you know, or a basketball camp, but in, in which he did early. And there are things that yet they're bigger life things. I mean, mm -hmm. the murder of his grandfather mm -hmm. and the timing of it and how that happened and how Chris feels about it later, all these years later now. Um, and so there's several ways you, to go. I, like, you know, it's like me sitting down to write a column. I mean, where do I start that? Mm -hmm. And with this, I thought there were a couple of different times, you know, and in, in, in an editing, I have certain people, you know, your publishers, you have people trying to determine who audience is and what the purpose is and what you're getting out of this. And I'm, I'm sort of biggest starting at the beginning of a lot of different things. Um, but I just think that with narration, some things jump out at you and you try to you try to go to that first. Hmm. Try to. 
but also his voice. Like it was clear to me that the service station, which is where with a setting for so much of it, mm-hmm. um, that, that was hugely important. And family. Chris has such an eye for detail too. Like some of the detail that jumped out, he would describe his grandfather and like how he was dressed or his hands in the sludge of right. a gas station, you know, in the middle of a day. Or, you know, just going to work at work at, you know, 10 years old with CJ, his brother, and what they would do there. And all those things came to life. And it resonated with me because, and Chris and I talked about this, because my my uncle had a grocery store on the south side of Chicago where my life played out like Chris's played out in Winston-Salem at the service station. Hmm. So, you know, when things resonate with somebody who's telling the story, I mean, you're going to get you know, you're going to get uh, a connection there that I think was natural and easy and a good place to, 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 to start and spend a lot of time. If you don't mind, I'd like to shift a little to the Phoenix Suns and kind of looking at them. What do you think their offseason might look like? There's obviously a lot of factors with this team, but I'd love your perspective well, on that, if you don't mind. Well, you know, I think about it. I mean... I spent, look, I'm from Chicago originally, and it's always going to be home. Chicago's home. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Bulls fan first and foremost. If I can <laughs> tilt this camera, you'd see I have Chicago <clears throat> sports hanging like it's the ceiling of a, of a, of a, of a stadium. Um, but in my time coming out here, I certainly, like a lot of Midwesterners, have adopted things in Arizona. <laughs> And for me, it's not football. I mean, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, I grew up with Larry Fitzgerald's dad. So there's Mm -hmm. more connection with Arizona sports and me. Mm -hmm. You know, Big Fitz is from the south side of Chicago, from the neighborhood we all grew up in. And so, I, you know, but that's not, it's not the Cardinals. It's it's the Suns um, that I have really come to root for and be interested in on a daily fanatic basis. And so when they got Chris... I just thought this was going to happen. I didn't think they could get to the finals the first year. That was insane. And then they got so close being up 2 nothing. And I know how rare these opportunities are. Um, and then the last two years have ended with these playoff losses that have been incredible uh, flameouts. And I want this to happen with Chris Paul here. And I've said that. I said that, you know, on ABC last week during the coverage of the finals that I'm part of. I don't know that that's going to happen. It, it it likely won't. You know, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe, what do I know? I've met with the new owner, uh, Matt Ishbia. Uh, I think that he's a dynamic man who wants to win and contend for championships. Mm-hmm. And if you are a, a fan of the Suns, you've got to like that. What that looks like for a 38-year-old point guard, I don't know. Because I also want Chris to have his life. I know his family. I know Jada and his family. Mm -hmm. And so if being in Southern California is a thing that works out better for his life, I'm not going to root against that. I'm just not. Um, Because I, you know, I I get it. I know these people as performers and I know them, many of them as people. Mm -hmm. And and all the things that they are. Chris and I have sons that are the same age. So I I know what that's like trying to deal with a high school kid from afar. I'm here. My son's in, in, in D.C. Chris is here, his son's in LA. You know, like we're, you know, we're on Zooms, we're on FaceTime, we're, you know, we're doing, I get it, man, I get it. And so I have a selfish component 
that wants to see that. Um, I know how hard he worked at it. I know how hard he works at his craft. I know how hard he works at his body and trying to be younger and not be injured and that crazy diet that he's tried to convince me to become a part of. I won't, <laughs> I won't eat avocado no matter what he tells me. <laughs> he and CJ, I love those guys. I love them. Um, and I hope it happens here, but I don't know what the offseason is going to look like. I know what I would do if I was running the team, mm -hmm. but I'm not running anything. <laughs> um, I don't know what the offseason is going to look like. Um, I don't know that they know. You know, some of these things unfold organically. Mm -hmm. And who calls you and says, yeah, we, we're interested in Aiton. So Kendrick Perkins said something yesterday that I loved, which was trade Aiton for Draymond Green. <laughs> Golden State needs size. Draymond Green, Draymond, Chris, Booker, Durant. I'll go against anybody, including Denver, <laughs> with that. And I hadn't thought of it. I hadn't thought of it. I just hadn't. I was glad. And Kendrick Prince, Kendrick's idea. So let me just say <laughs> he said it. And I, I woke up this morning thinking about it. Uh, anyway, so I'll get off on a dozen of those tangents over the next few days. I don't know what I don't know what the offseason will look like. And I don't I don't follow the team as I have followed teams in my life as I've done for my whole career. I don't follow them that way. I'm a fanboy. And I love Devin Booker. Uh love what he is. Uh a guy to know his dad, Melvin. I root for them. I'm not a journalist when it comes to the Suns anymore. Um, I, I was sort of hybrid that anyway at the end of the Charles period. Um, but I don't know what it's going to look like, but but it's going to be hard to put together. And I, I'd like to see Chris be part of it. Long-winded answer, but you asked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's a lot of uh, discussion around the NBA of best duos in the league currently. Where would you rank KD and Booker as far as best duo goes right now in this league? Well, it's up there. They haven't had enough time together. They mm -hmm. played, what, nine regular season games and then whatever they played in the playoffs. Um, what's what, what's my math in the playoffs? Five games and six games? They had two, 11 games yeah. in the playoffs? They mm -hmm. played 20 games together. <laughs> it was preposterous for them to become a favorite in Vegas. It was preposterous for, and you know, even as it was happening, once Kevin got hurt that night and slipped, and even then, so he missed 10 games. They had 30 games together. You mm -hmm. can't win championships on 30 games. Denver's been together for seven and eight years. Their coach, Michael Malone and Joker and Jamal. Jamal, seven years, Joker and Malone, eight years. Versus 30 games? Really? <laughs> that That's not realistic. And, and people aren't realistic about sports anymore. People are stupid about sports. People are hyped but they're not smart about sports. We're, we're dumber than ever about sports as a culture. <laughs> we're more exposed. We're more passionate. We're more into it. We're more into the minutia and the numbers of pe people can recite bullshit numbers. Well, I'm sorry. That's all right. That's fine. We do that <laughs> all the time. Sports, but they don't know anything about what it takes because people aren't literate about anything anymore mm. and about sports either. So Joker and Jamal are the best duo, period. Mm. They got rings to prove it. Mm. After that, I'm going to have to say, well, who, who did they, they just, mm. there's nobody that I'm going to pair with Jimmy Butler, so Miami won't come into the into play there. 
the Lakers, yeah, LeBron and Anthony Davis. But before LeBron and Anthony Davis, even though they beat the guys I'm about to say next, I'm going to say Stephen Clay. I'm still going to say Stephen Clay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could say Stephen Draymond, but I'll say Stephen Clay. Um, after that, even though they've come up short five times, I'm going to say Tatum and Brown. They've come up short. Would I break them up? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying two guys $600 million. I'm not. That's not going to work. It's not sustainable. No matter what anybody says. Has nothing to do with basketball. Everything to do with budget, Mm. um, which even billionaires have. And that, and and yeah, and after that, maybe I'll say KD and Book. And by the way, KD and Book could rise to two. Mm. They need some time together. Right. They need some time together. And I'm less concerned with duos. I don't know how they got to be a thing. I mean, okay, Magic and Kareem, yeah. Scotty and Michael, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I like the ensemble. You yeah. know, I like, I still like the ensemble of, I like the quintet. Is it a quintet? Of, no, it's a, no, it's a, it's a quartet of Aiton, but Aiton mm-hmm. seems to be, you know, they should have traded Aiden at the trade deadline. They should have gotten rid of him. They should have. Yeah. Easy for me to say hindsight. <laughs> but but I was saying that in real time. I would have traded him. Um, pouting doesn't go with what the other three guys do. Mm-hmm. They're just not powders. They're not in their feelings, as young folks say. As my, <laughs> as my 15-year-old would say to me. They're not. They're not. I mean, that's not Chris, that's not KD, and that's not Book. And so am I sort of blaming uh, Aiton? Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but more so, I'm blaming the, the club for not trading him. They should have gotten him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or sign him back before the season starts or get rid of him. Yeah. And that that brought them down. And they, and they weren't ready because Kevin hadn't been there long enough. Right. Well, speaking of Aiton, I did have to ask because as a Sun Show, we would be remiss if we did not ask you about this. But there was that viral moment of you and Stephen A. from two years ago in the Western Conference Finals. You know the one. Were you I aware a, that I have, that a, I have a picture of it on my wall in my, <laughs> in my man cave. Somebody did a color. I don't even know how to. I don't know how to. I don't even know how to move this. I would move it and show it to you. I'll screw up the transmission. I don't want to do that. I have a, I'm looking at a exact <laughs> cartoon, if you will, but it's an artist rendering. And somebody said, Do, would you like this? I'm like, oh my God, I would like it. It was like <laughs> a month later. And I got it as a, I got it as a Father's Day gift, I guess the next year. Mm-hmm. I've had it for a couple of years now. Yeah, what about it though? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> frozen, frozen. When were you aware that that had blown up the way that it did? Because it was the Seconds perfect. Later. <laughs> <laughs> because the guy, the person who took the video, sent it to somebody who showed it, to, posted it, I guess. Mm. And we could see it like before the end of the game. Not before, <laughs> that was the end of the game. Before the end of the evening, before we did our um, post game. Mm-hmm. And we were just sitting there going, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was such an iconic uh, it, moment. Yeah, Honestly, it, really it is. Was. It is, and I, I, I um, it's weird uh, to be associated with something like that, which and it comes up, and 
I don't want to make it sound like I don't root for Aiden because I do. I just think he's gonna he's gonna be one of those guys like Zion who needs a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna need to be a little bit scared to have to be told, yeah, we don't want you. Mm-hmm. And well, that's I- that's happened throughout the history of sports. It's not yeah. new to those guys. Yeah. So I, I root for Aiton, who I like, just not with this group. Uh, la- last one for us. I'm a bit of a media nerd, so I, I've always wanted to ask you this, but you and Tony started PTI in 2001, back when ESPN was primarily SportsCenter and Highlights. And two decades later, what do you think the legacy of the show is, positive or negative? Uh, you know, and, and how do you think people will look at it in, in the scheme of things? <sighs> I don't know. I, I'm, and it, I, I'm not going to give you a cop out, total answer cop out. I, I, I don't assess what we do mm-hmm. every day. Oh my God, did he knock it in for Eagle? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. What a shot. <laughs> um, I don't assess what people say. How'd the show go today? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. do that. I mean, I am a daily former journalist. Former former daily journalist. It's a, there's, an, there's another day, like there's a there's a show tomorrow. The, I got to tell you this, and I understand the question. I do because when something's twenty years old, it's a fair. It's not just a fair question. It's probably a necessary question. I hate the word legacy. Mm-hmm. Like the month, like people say, what is Joker's legacy? Damn, can Joker have a resume first <laughs> before he has a legacy? Mm-hmm. Everybody under 50 years old has become obsessed with the word legacy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So that brings me full circle. Fair question. I don't know. I mean, people have, have bitten pieces off of it and they have the rundown and do stuff. They copy stuff we do. Um, <laughs> they try to put together people in a phony way just to pair them. This guy played football and this person wrote a column. Put them together. (laughs) I mean, Tony and I were friends on a daily basis, screaming at each other, playing golf together, traveling the world, the world, like to Seoul, South Korea. For 20 years before the show came on. (laughs) So we've been doing that since 1980. Show Mm -hmm. comes on in 2001. The show is put together by somebody who ain't us, Eric Rideholm and Matt Kelleher and others, but I can't name everybody, but those guys run it day to day. When I hang up with you guys, I'm going to go sit out in my rocking chair in the sun and plan the show out further because they've already got started. Mm. I don't know what people, I know people, look, we wouldn't be on this long if people didn't have a some sort of affection for the show, respect for it, both. We wouldn't be on this long. We're on longer than stuff like the, all the stuff I really love, like, like, cheers. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, doesn't it, it, it's kind of surprising in that way. I said to Tony, I just, I'll leave you there. I said to Tony when the show started, I said, I know we'll be good at this. I know we can discuss sports and we can discuss it better. And it turns out we can discuss it much better as we go years away because nobody covers anything generally anymore. There's just specialists. This person covers the NBA. This person covers the NHL. This person covers football only. We covered all the shit. <laughs> Plus 10 Olympics. I've been to 10 Olympics, covered 10. Okay? Nobody else has done that. 
Nobody talking to you every day on these networks has done that. So when we get ready to compare something, I can compare it to Ben Johnson and Carl Lewis because I was there. Mm -hmm. I can also compare it to Larry Bird and Magic Johnson because I was there. And I can compare it to John Elway because I was there. And I can sit and talk to Larry Fitzgerald about this stuff over dinner, which we often do because I was there. And they know it. And so that, I think, will be missed because people won't respect it. They don't understand it. They don't know it because they don't have it anymore because nobody does it. Mm. And we'll just look like dinosaurs. And so my <laughs> thought is the legacy will be we're just two old dudes. That's <laughs> how my 15-year-old thinks of us. Well, well I, you know. You know, we get into fights every day with people from from your you guys' age, slightly older and younger. Fights every day. So the <laughs> legacy will be, you know, something I can't even say on a podcast. <laughs> but that's okay. Because that's what we do with sports, right? We sit around and we argue and curse at each other, people that we love. Yeah. That's I'll what PPI does. I'll say, I'll say this. I think part of your legacy is inspiring. Uh, you know, people in my generation to realize, hey, we can we can do this and have fun with sports and and have a have a quality discussion, and that's a possible career path because wow. you know I, I think that's part of the legacy. Well, so that, thank you that, for that's that. That's an honor for you to say that, mm -hmm. uh, and I appreciate it. It's it's an honor. I, I don't know. Sometimes we're made aware of things where people will say, "Hey, listen, seriously," and you know. Yeah, I mean, if we if if that's been done, was it done intentionally? No, I think all of our actions, given the way we grew up and the way we were educated in the business to start it, I think all of it pointed to that being just part of our DNA. You yeah. know, I mean, um, we think we learned how to do it the right way, both educationally and professionally. And we're arrogant about it. You know, we, we know what should be done and what shouldn't be done. We know what an audience needs to feel and needs to have and, and what we don't give a damn about. And we have very definite ideas on those things. Doesn't mean they're right, but we have we have very definite ideas on it. But that what you just said is okay. If that's a legacy, I'll take it right now. Put it on the tombstone and we're good to go. One, one of the cool things about you, uh, and this is just a side note, is that I was there when you got to see Northwestern win their first tournament game up in Utah. Oh, uh, yeah. In a, in a long time. Yeah, I was I was actually a couple rows from you. Oh, and wow. I could see the excitement in your face, obviously, when they won that first game. Uh, and then I got to see you in a bar maybe a couple hours later. And yeah. you and Jay Donde yeah. and, and Michael Blackstone were all there. And I just yeah. think it, it really Black speaks volumes about the type of person that you are, that you took the time to speak with me and my and, and my counterpart at the at the at that moment. Uh, even though you guys were there having a few beers and having a good time. And I don't like to be a fanboy, but I, I always admired the fact wow. that people take the time out of their schedule to be able to to take pictures and 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 really talk. I appreciate that. A, a few uh, things I'll like tell that, you a so. quick story about that. So when the show first started, the show first started, you know, 2001, I'm working on a book with Charles. And we are in Atlanta. Um, I'm not sure why we're in Atlanta at the time, but we're in Atlanta in a place called The Clubhouse. And we got notebooks and tape recorders out on a table. And we start there at lunchtime. We have lunch. There's nobody there left. Everybody leaves. But then we're still there at like 5.30 when like happy hour people are coming in. And my show is brand new. It's been on, so maybe this is the spring of 2002. 
So the show's been on six months and people are coming up to Charles and me and they're coming up to Charles and they see this person Charles was with and they say, oh my God, I've seen you on that new show. That's your show. I've seen you on that. And this happens about four or five times and we're trying to work and I roll my eyes or something at the fifth or sixth, seventh time this happens. You know, as soon as a person walks away or maybe while they're there and Charles waits until they leave and he goes, hey, and I should do it in Charles' voice. Hey, boy, you can't be behaving like that. You go into people's living rooms now. What do you? What the hell do you think you're doing? You got to be. A, you got to act. You got to realize you're a public figure. You accepted this, so learn how to be one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a quick, firm lecture, as only Charles can deliver it, laced <laughs> with a few expletives. <laughs> and. I never forgot it. And I remember that night in the hotel thinking to myself, if Charles Wade Barkley can have hundreds of people per day come up to him and never lose that ability to say, yes, I will sign it. And this is before camera phones, 2001. Sign stuff, take pictures with real cameras, hug people, kiss people, shake hands. If he can do this hundreds of times, in a day or two, I could probably do this a few times. And so the other night uh, in Denver during the finals, I was out with Charles and Grant Hill. And um, Charles said, and there's probably no, there might not be a PTI without Charles because he talked to Tony and me both and said, I, I, I know you guys are newspaper guys, but you better shut up and pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> to what ESPN is offering you. And we had dinner and Charles said, you remember that? And I said, yeah. And, and I said, what I remember most is him saying, hey, you know, you come into these people's living rooms every day and you can't do this. You can't roll your eyes. Stop. Don't be that. Don't be like the people who do that. So whatever it is that I, you know, that in that bar at that time, by the way, it would have only been ginger ales because I don't drink beer. <laughs> but yeah that was an exciting uh that was an exciting time yeah uh, look we're fans you know you mentioned black and stone and the don day we've all done the same thing um we all went to northwestern we're all very proud of our alma mater we all mm -hmm. <laughs> we all bleed purple every day um but but we learned how to combine those things and learn how to put it aside when we need to put it aside we think so yeah, so I'm glad we weren't jerks. We weren't <laughs> jerks. No, uh, I still got the picture. Why were you there? I was there covering uh, Arizona. You, you were covering. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was that was one of the most fun uh, days of my life. Yeah, I don't Just like Salt Lake City, day. but I like that experience. <laughs> I like Salt Lake City. Oh man, the bars close at like eight. Come on, yeah, well, you know, I'm drinking ginger ale, so I'm not. A <laughs> and by the way, I spent enough time in Salt Lake City to know if you buy the membership, beer is still available to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Right. Pro tip. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's right. That's that's, that's that's a veteran tip about the membership. I learned back when I was in my. 20s and going to see Stockton and Milan. Yeah. There you go. There you, go. you gotta you gotta make sure you bookmark that one. Michael, thank you so much. We really appreciated your time today and all of the stories and insight that you've shared with us. Everybody make sure you go pick up 
61 Life, life Lessons from Papa on and off the court is available for pre-order right now and release releases on June 20th. Thank you again so very much, Michael. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad you said the, had that plug at the end. I'm waiting for more copies right now so I can put them on every set that I'm on. <laughs> and I think it's the first of many interactions like that, whether it's book form or something else, uh, with Chris and the world at large. He's got a lot to say. That was such a fun interview. He it was. That was one of my favorite. I know it was one of your favorite. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, and that was easily one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. And he was so... He was so genuine. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's that's a rarity sometimes with these. You don't get to see the the real person. That's obviously the real Michael Wilbon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that Charles Barkley message that he was talking about about learning to accept that you're a public figure it must have sunk in because he was super gracious with his time yeah. and his answers for us chuck needs yeah. to listen to himself a little bit he does <laughs> i might want on a lot of story time so i'll give you another aspo story time i'm at the all-star game it's all-star saturday we're in brooklyn it's the new york one where they played at madison square garden and uh, and uh, at Barclays Center. I'm in the bowels of the stadium. I've been carrying around an Isaiah Thomas bobblehead, taking pictures all over the city because I tease the guy that's there. I see Chuck. I've met him before with the Suns. I say, hey, Chuck, can I get you to take a picture with the bobblehead and with the Suns? And he tells me, fuck off. <laughs> you have to pay me. And that's a direct quote. Uh, you have to pay me uh, the millions of dollars people pay to show your stuff. And he walks away. And I'm like, all right. Then. Listen, <laughs> I will say there are always 50-50 interactions with any type of celebrity, That's right? True. You just got to catch them in the right mood. Who knows what Chuck was going through at that moment? I think it's We've hilarious. all met celebrities one time. We're like, man, that guy was a jerk. And then the next time we meet him, it's like, that guy was great or yeah. vice versa. Well, my first meeting with him was spectacular. Exactly. So I so, like and was was great to me and pulled me behind the bar at, at, at Marley's and took pictures and stuff. So. I thought it was actually funny <laughs> the second time. I so. also think it, there's a big difference between doing something to an individual behind the scenes as opposed to doing it in front of a bunch of people yeah. in a crowd. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Chuck was really alluding to with Wilbon. This is like, look, dude, you got all these people around and you, you make that face. You can make <laughs> a really bad impression on a lot of people really quick. So yeah. don't be a dick. Which also, cool. just lean into how exciting it is that you have this show that's really cool. And it seems like he's definitely done that. Yeah. Um, but this was this was a really cool interview. So shout out once again to Michael Wilbon for joining us. Also, again, plug that book one more time. Go get it. It is, I think Emma put a link in the chat or she can, uh, but you can find it on Amazon or wherever, pre-order, and then it releases on uh, June 20th. Uh, we did get a super chat during that from Leo. Leo, thank you for your super chat. Said the Godfather himself. We all remember him and Stephen A's reaction to the Valley Oop, LOL. Hey, yo, whoever's phone is ringing, go turn it off. Please and thank you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'll be, be, uh, the Valley Oop reaction it will forever be one of the best reactions. I still see people use it as a meme all the time. Oh, yeah. Or a gif on, on Twitter. Yeah, we have, you know, we're going to have Mike up here at some point. I'm going to make sure we get that photo autographed oh, yeah. and make it on the set. <laughs> I love that somebody created art out of it for him. And we yeah. were worried he might not know 
uh, what we're talking about. Mm. And and Nopi's like, yeah, it's right here. It's on my wall. <laughs> it's awesome. I was telling you guys, of course he's going to know what that was. It was so <laughs> iconic. Like how you can't not know for that one. All right. Before we dive into a little bit more of what he said around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, I want to remind you guys that our friends over at OGs are doing some really cool things. Also, another great Father's Day gift idea. It is coming up. We know guys can be hard to shop for sometimes. OGs is the perfect gift. Uh, they have the Aquaberry Sleep Edition, which helps specifically with rest and relaxation. They have the Happy Balance in the new strawberries and cream flavor. And now they have mixed bags so you can get the fruit flavors and the cream flavors so you can try all of them for yourself. And of course, the pink lemonade is dropping on June 21st. It seriously has never been easier to cross Father's Day shopping off your list. Check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands. And of course, you can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Also, another great Father's Day gift. They go hand in hand because you can have OGs while you're out on the golf course. You can also make sure you're getting the best eye protection when you're out on the golf course by checking out our friends over at Shady Rays. It's gear that is built to last. They are an independent sunglass company, world-class product, just as good as the expensive sunglasses. They've got durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Okay, so we asked where he ranks Kevin Durant and Devin Booker as far as the best duo in the league right now. Mm. Uh, I was hoping for a little bit better of an answer. <laughs> I get it. I do get it. Mm. They do need more time together. But I was like, you could at least put them in their second or third. He so, said they could be second. This is true. By the end of the season, yeah. they could yeah. be. Where do you guys rank them? <laughs> so Honestly. He brought up an interesting point because I think individually, those two, that is the best duo in the NBA. Like, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray maybe have the best chemistry and they have the best supporting cast and you can rank them number one because they just won a title. But individually, if you were to group two players on the same team, there's there's no better duo. I think his point is more like in terms of chemistry, which duo is the best. And so I understand putting other duos in front of them, but like they're the best two players that are on the same team. I mean, game. I agree, but I, I mean, he ranked them like, pretty far down the list you know mm -hmm. like four and five or maybe five i don't know but right I, I i would say that they are at least a top three duo because i just i yeah okay you can say lebron and in and ad but like they you could see that lebron and ad were not were not what they used to be at least lebron you know like lebron's still an elite player don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but in terms of when you need to rise up in those clutch moments and really come through for your team, you can see LeBron is is has lost a little step there, and he's not quite to the level of of where he used to be. So that's why I would put I would put Devin Booker and Kevin Durant probably at three, um, because I do agree with Jason Tatum and and Brown. Like they've played an elite level, they've gotten to the finals, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like and yeah, they can be inconsistent from time to time, and they can get blown out in their own series for sure. But I would probably give them a little notch just because of their own individual or their their combined success over the last two seasons and we've only seen it one season from from uh KD and Book so I would I would say that this 
Look, all due respect to Michael Wilbon and and you two, but you're all wrong. <laughs> it's it, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They're like Oreos and milk. They are a duo unlike anything else in the NBA right now. And I get it. Jokic and Murray have the trophy, and that's fine. If you want to give them one A and and KD uh, and Book one B because of that, fine. But it's only going to be a one year stay with that at max because. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, if you look at what they did in the playoffs, Devin Booker had the highest points per game and highest shooting percentage of anybody that played eight or more games in this playoffs. On top of that, KD averaged 29.8 points. I believe it was 8.7 rebounds and 5.5 assists. While not being at full strength, while not having full chemistry with Devin Booker. This is the best duo, and what stopped them from getting further was the fact that they didn't have the pieces around them. If we're looking at two guys, their impact and how good they are, and nothing else, right? Mm. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are the best duo in the NBA. Well, I completely understand and agree with what you're saying. I think on the flip side, though, the question there was, was that sustainable? Do you know what I mean? Like, Devin did insane things during the playoffs but everyone asked the question even if they were to go further in the playoffs would he have been able to keep that up would he have been able to continue to put numbers up in the way in which he was during that playoff run so I think that's what maybe holds people Mm -hmm. back a little bit or makes them a little bit hesitant to say like this is exactly what you're going to get night in and night out with Katie and Book because we just haven't seen it without injury it makes sense yes but I'm just saying I think that's why people might be hesitant because you haven't seen it with without injury, he does sustain that. He did. He, go look at his twenty twenty one playoff run. Well, I'm not saying it's out of the I, realm of possibility. What, I'm just saying that's what people are going to ask. What I would say is, is that you you were looking at how come Devin Booker doesn't get the the benefit of the doubt, but other guys do. Like Devin Booker is efficient as as efficient a scorer as you'll find in this league uh, from the guard position. Like he just is mm-hmm. and. Yeah, he was on a he was on a heater against the Nuggets and he didn't he didn't play quite to the to the same level in games 5 and 6, but that was because of the foot. And we saw when it ha- we saw the moment it happened we're like and he he wasn't the same after that. Like if he doesn't get injured, I do believe he still plays it at a high level um and and carries it throughout the playoffs. We've seen other guys have all-time playoff runs before. We saw it Michael Jordan, holy crap. He had, I think, the highest uh, scoring average in the NBA Finals ever, averaging 43 points or something like that per game mm-hmm. against us. You know what I mean? Like, so so it can happen. But the thing is, is like people just doubt Devin Booker to this. They go to lengths to try and doubt Devin Booker. He's good and he is great. Like, and he was an all-time great during that stretch. Uh, we've never seen shooting like that from anybody ever. Period. And and we'll we'll never know if it would have been sustainable. And, and there were serious doubts about that for sure. I think it might have been a little bit more sustainable if if Durant hadn't shot as poorly as he did in like four of those six games yeah. in the Nugget series. Um, if anything, that's a reason to hold the duo back because that's KD exactly didn't it. look like KD in the playoffs. But my thing is in terms of the most the two talented players that we're gonna call a duo. I wouldn't put anybody over KD and book at this stage, assuming that KD gets back to being KD next season. We don't know that for sure um, because he did not look like KD often throughout his son's tenure, but like he's Kevin Durant. He was having a tremendous season before the injuries that kind of bogged Mm -hmm. him down. And to your point, Saul, like book just doesn't get that same consistent 
respect. Like someone, like I saw a couple of Nuggets fans were discussing like who was the best player that the Nuggets faced on their road to the finals. And somebody tweeted, I think it was Anthony Edwards. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you even talking about? What? How do you <laughs> like that kind of that level of being overlooked just continues to happen. It's just and it's wild. It's because he's every there is a large and loud portion of NBA fans who just dislike Devin Booker because mm-hmm. he's Devin Booker. Right. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And no matter how good he is, no matter what he does throughout his career, they're going to continue to hate on him because that's just what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. And I don't exactly know what it is about Devin that makes everybody like dislike him, but he's just one of those guys that people love to hate on. It's jealousy. Well, you... <laughs> He said, I mean, I know Kevin Durant was inefficient in certain games. He still finished the playoffs shooting 47.8%. That's insane with how uh, how poorly he had he shot in a few of those games. Mm. The, I think everybody has forgotten how good these two guys really are, and, and in particular KD and everybody in this town, not everybody, a bunch of people in this town are like, the sky's falling. It's like, no, you still have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Now just fill in, uh, fill in the pieces around them and, and you're cooking with gas. Right. And, and the questions about sustainability too, like <laughs> if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in game two, maybe they win that game and that whole series changes. If they find a way to get past the Nuggets who, you know, we have to admit smoked them in games five and six, then you're facing a Lakers team that the Nuggets swept and you're facing a Heat team that, let's be honest, rode one of the hottest shooting playoffs to where they got. And then it fizzled against a good defense like the Nuggets in the finals. Like, I, I think whoever won that series was going to win the finals, and that's kind of what ended up happening. So we're not as far away from a title as, as people would lead you to believe, especially with that duo, as long as they can both stay healthy. I think the biggest concern for a lot of people is just there's so much red tape around what the offseason can yeah what can happen mm-hmm. in the offseason with the new CBA and where they are money wise mm-hmm. that there is concern that unless and there the concern is a little bit justified with the front office specifically because you see things from previous years where it was like we were so close and if you had just made that one move or when we get rumors later on after the fact that like the Suns were right there with this guy but then they didn't yeah. They didn't make the move, and that guy could have put us over the edge. Mm-hmm. I think that the biggest concern is all the red tape around the offseason and then maybe a little bit of lack of trust with the front office right, right now that they will make those moves mm-hmm. and they will put the supporting cast around Book and KD that they desperately should have. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I get I get the concern. I don't think the sky is falling, but I can understand why you want to be hesitant around like, putting all your eggs in that basket. But as Suns fans, that's what we do, right? Yeah. I I know we got to get out of here in a second, but can can we circle back to from the beginning of the show? Yes. Uh, my uh do yes. we, do we want to do that now? Why not? Okay. So so I held up my uh, my jock jersey at the beginning of the show that <laughs> looked like uh, they took my jersey and they dryer shrunk it mm. from what I ordered, but we did find somebody that fits in the jersey. Can we show that picture, please? <laughs> Emma fits in the jersey. She looks so happy about it, too. She Poor looks Emma. so damn happy about it. I think damn. this is so funny. Because <laughs> I don't think Emma, when she went to put it on, I didn't think she think she thought it was going to actually fit. No, it was. And then when it was a little bit loose, 
She was even more disappointed. I was in the office and she was like, Saul. And I was like, what? And I came back out. She was like, look. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Well, at Brutal. least you know now, Espo, it wasn't a total waste of your money and your time and your effort. Emma can rock that jersey for you. I just, I can't, uh, I can't wait to send that to Jock so he can know at least one of us will be supporting him. All right. Reminder that our friends over at Four Peaks are doing some really cool things for teachers this summer in their Four Peaks for Teachers. They are giving away 11 $1,000 cash grants and one lucky teacher will win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by Four Peaks. If you want to nominate a teacher, go to fourpeaksforteachers.org and complete the form to enter their chance to win. Nominations are due by June 30th, so don't wait. You can check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Fort Peace Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask that you drink responsibly. Also, Gerald has written a lot of great articles over at GoPHNX recently. Make sure you guys are checking those out. And if you have not become a diehard yet, Consider becoming one today because there are a lot of perks that come with being a PHNX diehard. You get a free shirt upon signing up. You get discounts on merch. You get discounts on events. You get access to our diehard only discard, discord. Mm-hmm. Or discard. 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 If you're from the South, it's from the discard. Mm, yeah. Yeah. discard. You do know yeah. every once in a while I slip in and out of the accents. I don't know why. Discard. Been in Arizona pretty much my whole life, so it's I don't know. From understand your book it. cover. And of course. <laughs> Call back joke, everybody. That was a long time ago. We haven't brought that up in a while. Uh, You do get discounts from select partners. Um, So check it out. You can get all the details at gophnx.com. And of course, our phnxlocker.com to grab some merch stuff. Saul, you want to talk about DA real quick? Uh, Yeah, if we got a real quick second. I just wanted to circle back to this because I thought that was the most poignant part of what Michael Wilbon said. I just... I felt like he really made a point to say that DA just needs a fresh start somewhere else. And um, I thought, you know, obviously that that really that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's listen, we, we've we've talked about DeAndre Aiden at length. We know the ups and the downs and the inconsistency and and in some of the things that might have happened or might not have happened behind the scenes, because, you know, we're not in those locker rooms. We have no idea. But um, there is a part of me that that feels the same way Michael Wilbon does in terms of like maybe he just needs a fresh start somewhere else. And who knows if he's going to get it. And if he doesn't get it, you know, I know I know I know for a fact Kevin Durant has has an affinity for mm-hmm. D.A. And and I think, you know, maybe he's the one that's going to be able to unlock the box. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Frank Vogel and, and KD could be the yeah, fresh start yeah, if he stays sure. here. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, hello in the comments. You know we love you most of the time. Chill out, bud. But I'm going to take a page out of Gerald's book and tell you, you better keep it PG before we make you a goodbye. <laughs> oh, damn. You got, damn. You got a Lindsay threat. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Only that, I can you come the, for that, Emma, okay? That'd be, I that'd think be a Hello, discard. I think Hello's the first one to ever get a threat from Lindsay. <laughs> no, we get a threat. No, no, no. Uh, first one from the chat. chat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've threatened them as... No, I've threatened a couple. <laughs> Have you? I feel like Like I regulars? Yeah. Like I don't think you've ever out. come at a regular. Yeah. I think you've come in the random <laughs> strays, but you've never come at a regular. <laughs> Damn. Watch your back, hello. I'm just saying. Damn. I'm just saying. But that's the best part is two seconds after the threat, she's giggling about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know which way the mood actually is. Yeah. See? Then I have always have an out. Oh, could man. be a joke. It could not be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate you as always. 
hit that like button if you have not already. It helps us out a lot and it's quick, easy, it's free. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, be sure to come and join us tomorrow at 3 p.m. for another episode. We've got a lot of stuff already planned for you guys for tomorrow. Until we see you, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Michael Wilbon said he wants something I said on his tombstone. I can retire. Ahoy, hoy. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though. Lindsay Gerald Espo. Saul passed the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always... Re-